Ah, that's great. <laughs> future. What a beautiful gang. The Haskins crew. They're fit to do anything. Listen, you know, luckily enough, we have people like the Haskins, like Julian, like Linda Vanella, that are trying to say to you there's two ways we can go through this world. We believe isolation is a good thing. Isolation is something worthwhile. You could develop it. You could see what it is. You could see what it is. Um, isolation is not so bad. However, here's the question. If you chose, if you considered what it was like to be non-isolated, what would you do? How would you be? And why would you be it? So we organized some thought around the potential steps of de-isolation. Now, all stepping out of isolation has 11 features. And we'd like to list these 11 features and talk about them in many different situations. Now, here's what I'm, say, I'm saying to you. If you are thinking of stepping out of your isolated world, the world where you're alone, and stepping into a world with many more people, well, here's an opportunity. Here's a way, the things to consider. Number one, one of the advantages of going from isolation to a group experience is the installation of hope. You see, hope kind of becomes automatic. When you join a crowd, you go to a crowd and you go, I'm hoping. If it's Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve and you want to go out and you walk in the street, you're hoping. Number two is universal, universality. Kind of the, the idea that once you get out there with people, you look around and there are other people that are somewhat like you. Third is imparting of information. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, you're going to learn something, even if it's from a subway sign. Stay at home, stay in the same setting, you learn nothing. Unless you have a computer, and you could learn a lot. Altruism. Opportunities to raise out of yourself and to feel useful in life. Number five is a, a corrective recapitulation of a primary family group. Now, what does that mean? 
That means all your life you felt like uh, the youngest child. And somehow you go into a setting where you don't feel like the youngest child anymore. You don't feel that powerlessness. You've corrected things. And so you might go into a setting where there are younger children. You may say, hey, I'm the oldest child now. Number six is the development of socializing techniques. Once you get out there in the world, you've got to learn how to get along with people. You can't stay out there very long not knowing how to get along with people. Seven is Im imitative behavior. You look at people and you see the way they function. You say, hey, you know, he's getting a cup of free coffee, and I'm not getting coffee. I go over and I say, where's my coffee? I don't get it. He goes over and says, may I have coffee? And he gets coffee. Well, why don't I try going over and saying, may I have coffee? Imitative behavior. Number seven is catharsis. Catharsis is kind of an exchange of energy. It helps you feel like something is complete. It's the expression of strong affect. Then there are existential factors, the features that we share with others. There's direct advice. There are people who will tell you and give you things that will be direct advice. And then there's interpersonal learning, which is learning how to get along with people. Now, these are 11 essential guidelines for a number of things in life, and one of them is for group therapy. Why does group therapy have any value at all? I run groups. I'm starting another men's group this week. Linda's running her groups this week. Groups are very valuable because they teach a person who tends to be isolated to have the following things. They teach them the installation of hope. The minute you walk into a group, you see other people there and you feel some hope. You feel a little lighter. 11 people showed up. This Monday, my men's group will be meeting and there'll be new men in the group. It's a feeling of hope. There's a sense of, of universality, a demonstration that we're not alone, that there are other people here who have got equal problems. There's the imparting of information, including did you get a cab to get here? How did you get a cab? What did you do? Then there's altruism. The altruism is, do you want that chair? Shall I get that chair? How will I help you out? Can I make it more comfortable to you? The corrective recapitulation, recapitulation of the primary family group. If you always felt like you were the low man on the totem pole in your family, maybe you could feel like the medium man in the totem pole in the group. So you correct. There's a development of personal of socializing skills. In order to get along in a group, Got to have social schools, skills. Ask Theo. Imitative behaviors. Take on the manner of one of the people in the group or even the group leader to try to get better in life. Existential factors, direct advice, and interpersonal learning. So I thought, okay. That works in group therapy, that's for sure. That's what group therapy is for. And then Linda said, yeah, but the same thing happens in the coffee house where I hang out. So, Linda, what how do these factors work in a coffee house? Well, uh, well, Armand, they do work quite well. Um, I'm not sure if, am I on? 
Um, it, when you talk about installation of hope, um, I, when I was living someplace else, I found that the coffee house would be the place that I would go to um, where I would be definitely hopeful to, in fact, meet other people and come out of my own place of where I was. Um, when I think about universality, that also applies because I'm with others who are all there for the same reasons, oftentimes just simply to get out of themselves little socialization. Imparting of information, great source of a, a place where you learn where things are um, in exchange of not only what kind of coffee is served here, but you know, where is the library, how can I get to where I need to go. Um, altruism, again, a feeling of usefulness in exchange of not only receiving help, but to be able to help someone else. Uh, corrective recapitulation. There again, I'm the only daughter in the family. I walk into a coffee house. I don't have to be that, or maybe I can be that, but my, on my terms, the way I would like to be, not the way that I have experienced. So an, another opportunity. Development of socializing techniques. I learn how people interact with one another. I see how they achieve certain things. Imitative behavior, yes, I like that example of the person who did get the cup of coffee and the person was waited on quite patiently. Maybe I should try that. Um, catharsis, an expression of strong affect. Hey, you know, um, let me see wait, 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 how that's... Slow it down. Yes. People don't understand that you're going from word to word, which are these bullet points, mm -hmm. right? Yes. The development, the words that were development of socializing stake techniques then comes the next one, which is... The imitative behavior. And now we're moving on to a next. The catharsis. The catharsis, yeah. right. Where there is an expression of strong uh, feeling or exchange with you the others. You can get it from the coffee itself. Yes, I you could. You know, you sit there I and you, get a, you set that caffeine down your belly. Yes. kind of goes down the middle. You go, ooh. Yes, but there are games there. There are board games. There are papers. So... It's, a, it's an expression that I could not get if I was at home, isolated. There's something about being with people that gives you a feeling. And we're talking about these 11 feelings that we're breaking down for people. When we look at existential, I think that's a very important one. Because once again, you will know that um, I'm ultimately alone. And so is everyone else. So it's another uh, opportunity to see how it's through sharing with others that we come to these existential factors, that we are alone and I am ultimately responsible for my own actions as each as as we as we are together. Um, once again, direct advice is the next one where I will be receiving and giving suggestions to others. Um, and then the interpersonal learning where once again I'm receiving feedback, but I'm also giving information. So it's another opportunity as in group therapy to be able to learn how to be social and to be able to enjoy. So now so if you take these very same rules, it makes sense to join the Ku Klux Klan. Mm -hmm. You do. You join the Ku Klux Klan. Let's see if you get the same items in the Ku Klux Klan. You get uh, installation of hope. Well, yes, if you're somebody who believes that you are the white supremacists and you believe that you're being contaminated by the black race, you join the Ku Klux Klan and it instills hope. And then there's a sense of universality. Hey, everybody in under this sheet is in it together. 
And then you get this departing, imparting of information. Do you see those guys who moved on 14th Street? And then you get altruism, which is like, hey, your sheet is ripped. Do you want me to sew, want me to sew it for you? And then there's corrective recapitulation of positive family groups. Well, I'm not sure about that. Because usually what happens is whatever aggression you felt, as a kid, you wind up feeling there and manifesting it even more. Development of socializing techniques. You learn how to talk to the other clansmen. You know you don't say words like nice. You don't say, you know, certain things. Imitative behavior. You notice that if they act aggressive, you act aggressive in the way that they act aggressive. Catharsis, the relief of just being able to burn somebody's house down and how good that feels. Existential factors. Believing that in some part you've done the work of God, even burning a cross. Direct advice and interpersonal learning. The very same factors that we use as a positive experience get used in the most negative experiences as well. So sometimes de-isolation is difficult because it's for the wrong person. Let's say you de-isolate and you decide to go to an open marriage. Okay, can you see it in an open marriage, de-isolation? Let's start the 12 things again. Uh, Institution of hope. Sure, when you say to your wife, you and I are not getting along sexually anymore, let's have an open marriage, and you go to an open marriage, you walk into all these naked people and you say, oh, I got hope. At least there's others here. And then you look around and you see universality. There are other people who feel I way. They feel sexually frustrated. Then you're imparting of information. You're talking to each other about how to do it, what kind of condoms to use, which kind of you do play safe sex. And then you have altruism, which is, do you need to go to the bathroom? Right? You can go ahead of me. Corrective recapitulation of primary family growth. Very possible because as a kid, everybody could have been killing everybody. And here people are making love. Development of socializing technique. Well, if you want to know how to succeed at an orgy, you better learn the rules. Imitative behavior. You notice that if you do certain things, you're going to get more than if you do other things. Catharsis. Well, there's sexual release, which is terrific. Existential factors. You feel one with many, clearly, especially in the pile. Direct advice, telling each other how to get home on the subway and so on and so forth. Interpersonal learning, receiving feedback from others. So here in situations that are not always good or bad, we learn that the effects of socialization are available. And how we use them or don't use them is really what's up to us. One of the ways we use them is we use them, for example, in a marriage. The idea of a marriage, the very idea of a marriage, let's go over it, you get married. Installation of hope. If you're getting married, you have hope. Number one, you have universality. You believe that you are joining a crowd of people who believe that marriage works. Imparting of information. You want to teach your partner and you want to learn from your partner and from their indoors. 
in-laws. Altruism. Certainly you begin to take care of someone in a different way. Corrective recapitulation of the primary family group. You don't want to do what your father and mother did. You want to have a better life. You don't want to beat your kids. You want to do it better. Development of socializing techniques. Learning how you and your mate can get along better together. Imitative behavior. Noticing that when your mate does a certain thing, they're effective. And so you become effective. Doing the same thing. Catharsis. Well, not only does sex allow you catharsis, love allows you catharsis. Release allows you catharsis. Direct advice. When you trust your partner, giving and getting suggestions for handling problems is a wonderful thing. And interpersonal learning. Receiving feedback from your mates. So marriage itself is fit for a way, but I'm trying to drive home to you, the people listening, these 11 factors that I want you to look for when you consider yourself in any group. Like even consider these in a job. You're in a job and now let's look at, imagine considering the 11 factors at the work setting that you're at. What are the 11 factors, Linda, and how would they apply to jobs? Well, we have the installation of hope. So when, of course, you begin a new job, you go in with great hope, optimism. I'm sure this is going to work. You go in with a sense of universality, that I'm with others, that I'm not alone, that we are together. You go in with an imparting of information. So therefore, there's an exchange going on of information at the job. Altruism, the feeling of usefulness. I'm part of a team. I'll have a role to play. Corrective recapitulation, once again, where perhaps my role in the family was that of uh, a, a daughter or a dutiful daughter. I can then perhaps correct that and make changes in that role in the job setting. Development of socializing techniques, learning more about how to socialize um, and how to, how to integrate, how to have interpersonal skills. Imitative behavior, I'm sure I'll be looking to those in the job who are doing it better, that I will learn and perhaps imitate their behavior. Um, existential factors, again, um, learning more about myself and where my place is in this, in this world at the job. Um, catharsis, an opportunity to express myself um, and be real and be honest with my feelings at the job. Um, direct advice to be able to receive and to give suggestions. Um, so, so you like running groups because yes. you see this take place with women. Yes, I do. Right? You've got that fabulous women's group that you ran for many years. Right? And they're coming back together, I'm sure. I don't know if they even know it. Yes. But they're gathering again in February, a fabulous thing. Yes. And the best part about the group is that last, um, that last item of interpersonal learning. Because I always feel, as a group instructor, I look at the ladies and the women that I've been with, and I always feel they learn so much from one another. The exchange of advice and all of these factors, but the learning that goes on in the group is phenomenal. And so I it's not only it about learning, them. though, but it's also about connection. Yes. It's also about recapitulation of the childhood experience. So a group therapy specifically 
has these 11 purposes. And if anybody hasn't heard them and written them down, you got to think about these. That's the pro- that's the idea of the group. So the group leader sees this going on, doesn't try to stop information, doesn't try to stop socialization, doesn't interfere with it, doesn't think this is all about personal growth. No. This is about growth through any number of ways. Yes. So group therapy is a great thing for that purpose. But other group efforts may not be so good. Other groups, collectives may not work so well. And we're going to look at even more than these. But let's talk about even... Well, Julian, what about an acting? I was interesting. I was looking through these uh, this list of, of stuff, and it's it's basically acting is all of this so to a very dramatic effect. Um, the catharsis specifically I look at because uh, some of the main points of acting class is to I, – I took acting for two years at uh, – a conservatory program which is like 40 hours a week at NYU and they try to break you down and build you back up that's their that's their kind of motto and there is this there is this thing we did called a private moment where you are put in front of the classmates and you you're given five minutes to do something that you would absolutely never ever do in front of anybody ever and so you're pulled out of your comfort zone so that you're comfortable being outside of your comfort zone. So it's this weird thing where you, you're you doing something that's so private, not necessarily embarrassing, but private. And um, I feel like th- that was just so interesting along with this group therapy. And then um, we have, to get more specific, we, imitative behavior, I mean, we'll literally imitate somebody else in the group. You'll, you'll do this, this thing where you walk around the room and you look at somebody else and then you start walking like them and all of a sudden you transform into this other person. Um, you know, universality, we, I've spent hours sitting in this group just talking about what what we all connect with each other in that sense. Like, wh- how do we understand the world together? Um, existential factors, we actually did an exercise where we all put masks on. And, and for like three hours, we tried to pull ourselves away from from real life and put ourselves in this other world and look down objectively at ourselves and it's 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 interesting because i look down at this list and i see i think they must have <laughs> planned this right. to be exactly a dramatic version of what group therapy is um and or or is is life imitating group therapy right yeah i mean yeah exactly and then i mean what do you think acting is we're trying to imitate life well, you, could you have ever I mean, is it possible to become an actor without ever taking an acting class? Could you do it on your own? Do you think it's I possible? Think, I think for some people, for sure. I, I mean, mean, just becoming an actor all by yourself? Oh, yeah. Or do you need the class? Do you need to learn? You know, I think... Name what, one guy who did it by himself. Well, I mean, I know I know that in the top 25 young actors that are famous right now, I think 23 of them didn't go to acting school. So it's like basically everybody didn't go to acting classes. They got it from somewhere else. Maybe their parents, I'm sure. Um, maybe some brother of theirs is really funny and they copied him or something. And it's like – but the thing is about the acting class, and I wanted to bring this up too with you, is that this catharsis thing you talk about is something I feel like at a coffee shop maybe 
isn't something that you see often. The catharsis, because I've seen people absolutely break down into a, a point of of catharsis in in acting class, and I think that is the in the end the end point for those classes. They want you to get there so that you can be totally in the moment and and be unafraid to be intimate with anybody. Mm. And that's that's their kind of goal. And I feel like you get there with that catharsis. And and I was just wondering, like, where do you think you find that in real life, that catharsis? Because I feel like a lot of people isolate themselves so they don't get that catharsis. Very interesting. So it may be the actual cathartic experience, which is an emotional release right. that people are avoiding by being isolated, mm -hmm. that you may have contact with when you're with other so people. So they run away when the second it gets too vulnerable and too intimate and... Just close down. Exactly. But it makes so much sense to close down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're a child being beaten, that's what you want to do. Close it down. Don't feel it. If you're a child being castigated, made wrong, felt unnecessary, being thrown out, shut down. Close down. I understand that, but then what happens? Then you're down and you're in the closet, and finally you're hiding in the closet and all the people that were making noise who were banging on your door and screaming, well, they're no longer there. They died, or they left the boat, and there you are in the bottom of the closet. So then you peek outside the door and you say, I can't, I, how am I going to come out? There's those monsters out there, and you look out and there are no monsters. Now you make a decision. I think I'll go to the store and buy some peanut butter and come back to my closet. So a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. I'll live in the closet. Or order the peanut butter online. Or order it online. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, or, or if you stay in the closet, sometimes you say, okay, I'm going to go out and get the peanut butter. Oops, along the way I saw that person. What a nice person. That person smiled at me. Offered to uh, give me a hand over the rope. All right, I'm coming back. Maybe I'll see that person again. Maybe I'll see the person who sold me the peanut butter again. And little by little, you come out of the closet. Or do you just stay in the closet? Now, many people I know just decided the only place to live is in isolation. And this brings me back to the Pope. So the Pope said, but he didn't say this, there is no hell. The only hell is the isolated soul. And that if a soul is isolated, it somehow lives in this silent despair. Suggests not the Pope, but whoever wrote these words that made believe he was the Pope, making believe the Pope was saying this, suggests that coming out and joining mankind, a mankind, a humankind that will not judge you, that will not find sin, that will not punish you, that will not criticize you, that you come out into that world and that you're going to be a happier person. And that not only are you going to be a happier person, you're going to be a person who joins us to help other people come out into the world. But we need you because you're a teacher. 
and we need you to step out of that closet and, uh, and to join us too. <laughs> lucky, lucky we are to have you available. We're going to take a short break, my friends. And when we come back from our break, we're going to um, continue with more music. And we will also be taking your calls later at 212-957-2729. That's 212-957-2729. And when we do come back, we're going to talk about the working environment and the military as well and how those are affected. But right now... Let's take a short break. We'll be back with some wonderful music. Al describirte mi vida, me atrevería a decir que ha habido un montón de heridas y aún no aprendo a vivir. mi voz pedirle al cielo que diga de dónde viene el amor para entonces convertir en armonía la vida mía Convertir en armonía la vida. 
Nice music, huh? WBAI-FM, 99.5 FM in New York City. That's where we are. Middle of your dial. Rashida. Is there a Rashida in the house? You say that so beautifully, Armand. <laughs> I say your name beautifully? Yes. And do you know the reason why you were so excited yesterday about what you read on the Internet about the Pope? And I was excited, and the other caller was excited, and the disgruntled one, the disgruntled one just couldn't get it? Is that it really is true that there's nothing wrong with homosexuality, that there is no hell, that, um, what was the other one? Um, Adam and Eve was made up, and uh, we, we, the, the religious concept is to control the masses. That is really true, and the paradigm shift is coming into the awakening of that, and that's what the whole Mayan uh, calendar was about. Not that just not the Earth was ending, but a way of conscious being on the planet is ending. That's what the excitement was is about, because we can feel it on a soul level. Let me add two more. One was that the personality known as Jesus did not die for our sins, because Jesus would never see humans as sinners. And the other one that I'd like to add is that the apple, why would, quote-unquote, God, which I consider energy, the energy of love, give you free will and then punish you for eating the apple? So we just really put some common sense into it, and I'm really glad that you, being raised as a Catholic, can really get excited about that, because it really is exciting, and I'm so grateful to Linda, again, that wonderful, powerful, feminine energy, for bringing us the Buddhist perspective. And yes, you have done that over the years, but you've also brought the Islamic perspective and the Christian perspective. So you bring perspectives, and we so appreciate you for doing that. Rashida. <laughs> I thank you so kindly. I thank you. For I the, thank I you. Stayed, I said I'm not going to the dentist today. I am staying so I could call in because I was calling in yesterday on my wonderful Earth Day. But that's okay because we're reborn in every day. And we got you back, really and we share that I really do appreciate it. And yes, we, the isolation is great, and we grow in the middle. Oh, you don't isolate. You're no, such a I part love, of the universe. I love isolation. But I love, and I love being with the people. You know why? Because we're all one. I am you, and you are me, and, I'm, and I know that. So then there is no concept of isolation in your mind. Not really, because even if I'm with Rashida, I'm with all of us. Everything Endless. living is who I am. Everyone yeah. living is who I am. That really, when I look in your eyes, that's where I see God, because I see a reflection of me. Thank you very much for calling in. Okay. Talk to you. Have a great weekend, guys. Bye-bye. Okay. 212-957-2729. Linda, let's talk about that for a moment. What other setting? What about the military? How does the military, since you're our militarian, how does the military reflect these factors of, of the group? Well... Armand, I found that when you look at installation of hope, any time I would speak to a soldier... Okay, we're going over the items now. Yes, installation of hope. Item one, installation of hope. Right. A soldier always comes into the military with great hope. Always looking forward to what is is this going to do for me? How am I going to find myself? 
Again, universality. Second point, that I'm not alone, that I'm with others. We're together. Third point, imparting of information. I will learn more about the world, about the military, about the country, about myself. When you say others. I, you're talking about the soldier? The soldier, yes, coming into the, coming into the military. Altruism, a feeling of usefulness. I think that's a very big one. I know oftentimes they would say, I like to say I could be more than who I am or be all that I can be. Altruism, I can be of help to others. The corrective recapitulation of primary family group. That I think is a big one because I think when a person joins the military, they're joining a family per se and it gives them an opportunity to correct their own position that they had perhaps uh, played in their own family and now they can redo it, do it differently. You know, it's a funny thing about their joining their family. Because when you're a soldier and you go into the army, you're joining a band of brothers. You know, you really are. And you feel this kind of connection, uh, which is a terrific, terrific connection, as artificial as it is. Hmm, okay. Yes, and... The development of socializing techniques, there again, you're learning to be part of a team of brothers. You better behave right, because if you don't do what the others do, in fact, if you do wrong, the others get punished. Yes, yes. Which is another thing in the Army, which is not a bad idea. Well, it pulls people together. It makes yeah. them feel bonded together and, and very much connected. We are one. We're, we're a team. So, And then that imitative behavior, of course... They learn from one another. So they'll look at the, um, the higher-ranking officers and imitate their behavior. Um, again, catharsis, an opportunity for expression of strong affect. Um, how does a soldier able to do that? They can perhaps be more than what they are or what they ever thought they could be by expressing themselves more openly and more honestly. The existential factor being another one is that I am here as one person, that the responsibility of my own actions as being part of a team, part of the military, part of the country. You look at patriotism. The third, or the, uh, another one being direct advice, where they're looking to not only exchange and give, but they're giving advice to and from one another. There's an exchange. And then the final bullet being interpersonal learning. It's a great place where men, women learn so much about themselves, others, and the world around them. So getting out of your shell is not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Living in a shell. I would tell you the story about Sam the Clam and Stan the Clam. I did tell you, didn't I? Too yes. long a story to tell on the air, don't you think? Yes. You think it's too long a story? Right, I'm sure you think it is, and I'm sure Julian thinks it's too long a story. Our telephone number here is 9572729. If I get interrupted, I'll stop the story. It's about Stan the Clam and Sam the Clam. These are two clams who live together as good buddies. Sam was always a little wild, and Stan was very conservative. Sam played trumpet, and Stan played violin. So Stan the Clan and Stan the Clan was uh, hanging down in the bottom of the ocean. And uh, one day they die and they go up to heaven. And St. Peter says, no, Sam the Clan, you've been a wild guy. You've got to go down to hell. 
pay some dues. And Stan the Clam, he's allowed in. They give him a harp. You come up here, you can play up in heaven. So Stan the Clam goes down to hell, but he's a partying guy, so he starts playing a band. Starts a band. He has a little nightclub going. It's all going. He's having a good time playing his trumpet. Stan the Clam is playing the nice, you know, harp, ukulele up in heaven. But he misses his friend Stan the Clam. So he says, I want to get my friend Stan the Clam. And he asks God, he says, can I go down and visit Stan the Clam, Sam the Clam, who's playing trumpet in hell? And God says, you can, but you must be back at midnight and don't leave anything behind. So Stan the Clam goes down to see Sam the Clam down in hell. He goes to the nightclub. He's having a wonderful time. They're having a good, juicy time. And the clock starts to drink 12, and it's going 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 2, 1, 2, 9, 5, 7, 2, 7, 2, 9. The clock is ringing 12. It's getting close to 12. And as it rings, he gets, leaves just in time. He gets back up to heaven. And he gets up to heaven, and the oh, St. Peter opens the gate and says, where's your, where's your harp? He said, oh, no. Now comes the punchline. I left my harp in Sam Clam's disco. This is Armand Mill with you. With the positive mindset, play Tony Bennett. <laughs> no, huh? All right. In an open marriage, why are you looking at me like that? You can't think that that was all about I left my harp in Sam Clam's disco. I left my harp in. Is that helping you at all? Play Tony Bennett. Play this. This is meaning. For once in my life, I have someone who needs me. Someone I've needed so long For once unafraid I can go where life leads me And somehow I know I'll be strong 212-957-2729 For once I can touch what my heart used to dream of long before I knew. Someone warm like you. Would make my dream come true For once in my life I won't let sorrow hurt me Not like it's hurt me before For once I have something I know won't desert me I'm not alone anymore 
can say this is mine you can't take it long as I know I have love I can make it for once in my life I have someone who needs me for once I As long as I know I have love, I can make it. What a daring song. What a daring song. What a terrible thing to risk. Needing somebody, huh? I mean, so that's the idea. Isolation. You're secure. You need nobody. Nobody could walk away from you. Nobody could hurt you. Hmm. Being involved. Tough stuff. Being involved. Let's talk to Ed. Hey, Ed, you're on the air. This is Armand Demel. Uh, hi, Armand. Um, I mean, I listen to your show all the time. Um, it's wonderful. And, um, but I just heard someone who just said that, um, well, talk about the Bible and the personality of Jesus and all this stuff. Um, sometimes people confuse one concept that can help, that can help only one person. That can only help you. Uh, you 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 have never found any book. How many have? How many books are there in the Bible? Almost six, six of them. They all make sense, and they they, they don't contradict each other. Um, if you find anyone who can write a book like that, then you might have a, an argument. I mean, not you. I'm talking about the lady who just sure. said all all the stuff that she said. Um, I I like your concept. It can help one person as far as, like, okay, well, isolation. Um, but it's not going to help everyone. It's going to help some people. But you put the Bible there, you can never... Ed, Ed you on. live by the Bible, don't you? Say that again? You live by the Bible. No, I don't. You don't? Why do you... I try. Okay, and what, when do you put the Bible aside? When does it fail you? Say that again? When does the Bible fail you? The Bible never fail me. You fail the Bible. Yes. Okay, and there are times that you feel bad because you believe you could be closer to the no, Father. No, I don't. You know. Because the Bible doesn't tell me to, to feel bad. Okay, but it, bad. but you feel bad sometimes. You I feel bad about other stuff, but not about the Bible. What do you feel bad about? Other stuff. Uh, what what but, stuff? Um, but the Bible never told me to feel okay, bad. Okay, but let me ask you, what stuff do you feel bad about, Ed? Um, something I wanted to do and I didn't do it. I wanted to do something today and then it didn't get done and I feel a little bad. It depends on what it is. How about people in your life? Does anybody ever disappoint you? 
Um, well, that's uh, that's that's like uh, you know you you cannot. Uh, that's something about age. Age. I could maybe I used to be a certain way. Like when I think people when I think people disappoint me, but as I go older, it doesn't happen like that. So now you think people don't disappoint you anymore, Ed? Not really, because um, we are. Uh, you know, you can, you can, you cannot be, or you cannot do everything. I mean, you see, I hear, I things. hear what you go to, and what you've done, Ed, is very successfully protected yourself from really being hurt by generalizing. So when I say the word "you," you say the word "you can't do this." When I say "Ed," you say "one should not." And what I'm really saying is, you know, what it sounds to me like? It sounds like you're a beautiful, genuine man who's given a lot in life, who is trying his very best to follow a certain discipline which has to do with the, with the Bible, and that it's worked beautifully for you. And that every now and then, things don't work out for you. And they don't work out for you, you feel hurt, you feel sad, you feel miserable, you wish you could well, find a better way. I, like I'm not talking about everybody now, I'm just talking about you but that you're a brave man who's gone through some tough times and that even though you're a brave man who's gone through tough times, you're not a bad man who has taken out his vengeance on people. See, you're a good man. And I love that. And it's not everybody is good. But, you but have okay. given more but, to um, people than you've sorry, received. Sorry, Amman. Um, but how can someone come with one linear idea and try to... Um, try to um, Dismiss um, talking about Jesus and, and the Bible. Like anybody um, what, what, can do. What other stuff that she has that can? Yeah, not, I understand. Everybody can do anything. Anybody can do anything, and nobody. But then, wrong. if you're going to live by that, where is the where is the path, and so we have to follow? You know, I think the two of you should talk to each other. I think you should talk to Rashida, and Rashida to, should talk to you. Right. Because, I would mean, you, you like to do voice. that? Would you like you to do that? Voice. And you have people talking about things like that, and then kids are listening well, Ed, to it. Well, Ed, would you they like to? to would you sense. like to talk to her directly about that, so she could talk to you about it? Sorry about that. I talk over you. Sorry about that. Oh. Yeah, but it's all right. But would you like to talk to her, and I'll have her talk to you? Um, Why not? Have time? We have plenty of time. We have the universe. So you send me an email address, and Rashida will send me an email address, and the two of you can carry on a dialogue and talk about it. And for all I know, maybe you'll show her something that she doesn't see, and maybe she'll show you something that you don't see, and maybe the two of you will say, wow, I didn't see that. And you'll say, how really nice. Then maybe you'll hold her hand, and you'll say, it's warm. And you'll say, that's really nice. Yes. And maybe you'll have babies. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm pushing it. Thanks for calling in, Ed. And uh, I appreciate your show. Thank sure. You. Thank you. <laughs> you have babies. You're gonna... I forgot about the grandchildren. I figured next comes the grandchildren after that, you know. But anyway, Rashida, the challenge is up to you. You send me your email. I'm going to send it on to Ed. Ed says... You got to stick with the Bible because that'll give you the answer. It's one more call. Time for one more. We got. Right? What? Want to say something? 
There we go. The, Ronald, you know the, the powerful number of men who've called over the last two days? It's been amazing. We've had such a male response. Hi, Ronald. Hello, how are you? Good. I, I got. My, I have my radio on. Maybe I better lower it. Yeah, make sure Hold your on, radio's just, off. Just a second, I'm here. Hello, how are you? Hello? Yes, you got to turn the radio off. Yeah. No, it's not off yet. Oh, it is now. Okay. Is, is it off? Now it is, yes. Yeah, I don't really know what caught my attention was when you mentioned grandfather, but then uh, in isolation, and, I, and, and then this young man that just spoke, and it, 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 you know, I want to mention that isolation for me, in other words, you cannot exist without another human being, another of species man. You, you can't, right, Ronald? Yeah. You know uh, that about me, yourself. Anybody. No, nah, so but forget about isolation. anybody. But you know what it's like, right? So I, you know, I just want to say, so isolation brings home the reality of you being rejected, yeah. of you not being within the confines of others, which is what society is. The only thing that can sustain us, society, and the only thing that can sustain society is this posture that we take that we label humanity. It is our own creation, and that makes it wondrous. And if we take pride in that, we'd probably be less concerned with being a tough guy. But that'll always be there, because we are first, last, and always animal. And I just wanted to say that. Simply by that, I mean, hello, I'm still here. I'm here, yeah. Yeah, animal simply means that you quest to stay alive, because you know nothing else. You, the, the components that in the universe come together, and you sprung into life, you can accept no less, but you can only do it with other humans because you're not capable as a tiger at tearing something down. It's quite Without a wise man, Ronald. You're gone. So any, any inference of, of dislike or any of those things triggers alarms and discomfort. I got to get going, Ronald. Thank you very much. Very, very, very wise. Thank you. But more than just cause and effect, the nature of, you know, in other words, life is an effect. Got to get going, Ronald. We like to call it God. Linda Vanella, what did you want to say to us? Well, I just, you know, listening to this gentleman here, Ronald, along with the others, again, universality, that we are all in this together. We all have our opinions, but we're all struggling for the one and same thing, and that is to connect. Success. Mission accomplished. I'm Amelia with you with a positive mind. Send us an email, uh, armand at brainlink.com. Go to the website, and you can now be contributed to the archives. Just press up any of the archives and take a look. Best be back with you next Tuesday, my friends. Special thanks to Julian Joyello. Argelino clandestino, nigeriano clandestino, boliviano clandestino, mano negra ilegal.